Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, you are now listening to The Sankofa Paradox with Ed D and Low Key on ATL Underground Radio. ATL, what's happening? Appreciate y'all joining us again this Sunday evening for another Sankofa Paradox. We got some hard-hitting topics coming for you today, some current events. Uh, once again, I'm smiling today, so you automatically know that means that my Falcons won, my birds, my birds, kill yourself, my birds did the dang thing, took down the red ass of Las Vegas. Uh, it was, only scored it was a good, points. good daggone game. Hey, listen, it was whatever to six. All I know is the Falcons won. I could care less. You know, congratulations again on another win, Coach Raheem. I'm telling you, man, that sounds good right there. I love that, Coach Raheem. It's got a little ring to it. But uh, we're going to get into this thing real quick. Got DJ Neelock in the house. My brother, Mr. Low Key. My other brother behind me with the gears turning in his brain real loud. That's Dr. Funkenstein. We're going to jump on some stuff today and talk to you. Get inside your mind piece and come up with some 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 top-notch discussions for you. I'll go ahead and throw this alley-oop over to Mr. Low Key, and he will tell you what we're going to be talking about today. All right. Go Falcons. Go Falcons. Boo. Haters. Haters. Booze. Only Haters. team I know of 28-3 in the Super Bowl and lose. Man, look, <laughs> we, we got we to stop. We, we, listen, listen, listen. That listen, will never get old. That listen, never get we got to stop living in <laughs> the past. Basketball team ain't got no championship, but they do have it from another state. We, How your we, only championship from we, a whole other state? Wait, whoa, what about, about the Braves? The Hawks. Oh, the Hawks. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, they, but listen, but listen, we got to stop living in the past, and we have to live in the speaking now. Speaking of the past. We, we can't be talking about things that have already transpired. Um, we have to live. Now that goes against the whole idea. We of have Kofa. to live. Sankofa, going into the future by looking back at the past. Now, if you're looking we back at the past, we can no longer <laughs> exist in the past. Big but play, we Ray. Must now live. Big play, Ray. In the now, we cannot do anything about the past. We must now live in the now. Can I, get an amen? <laughs> can I? Can I get an amen? Uh, amen. War not. Vote war not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's yeah, let's vote Warnock. So talk about all right. That. So right, let's really, let, let's yeah. get into it real quick. Uh, the today's topics actually is going to be a topic that's going to be a myriad of things. The topic is the state of Black America, the sequel. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how we should, as African Americans, feel after the presidential election. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about some things that have happened in our history that we don't pay attention to that can may be able to help us in today's day. Why do I say that? Because I heard a lot of rumblings of people saying, well, why didn't them two young men just get out the car? What do you mean get out the car? And we're talking about Broward County, Florida, where uh, Sincere and his friend got shot and killed. They were shot 16 times by a police officer. They were in the car. Um, they, it was, the police tried to, they never put on their lights, but they tried to say that the car was stolen. The car was not stolen, even though you know this when you run somebody's tags. Um, and they had their guns drawn, and they told the kids to get out the car. And they're like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of the car with you and your guns drawn, and I did nothing wrong. You never put your lights on. You never said I was under arrest. And then you shoot me, and then when I drive past you, you shoot behind the car and make sure you killed other young men in the back seat. So we need to talk about this dynamic. And there are dynamics in our history of things like this happen on a larger scale that we don't pay attention to. So we're going to talk a little bit about the MOVE organization. And if you don't know anything about the MOVE organization, we're going we're gonna to let you know. We're going to talk a little bit about the Black Panther Party. We're going to talk about the Chicago 7. 
we're going to talk about the sons of Africa. Before we get into that, I, I want to, this is the November month, so I want to give uh, a shout to the men of Omega Sci-Fi, Fraternity Incorporated, founded November 17th, I think they had, they celebrated 109 years on November 17th. We're going to give a shout out to the lovely ladies of Sigma Gamma Rho, Sorority Incorporated, November 12th, 1922, 98 years. Stay celebrating. We're also going to give a shout-out to Kappa Kappa Psi, National Honorary Band Fraternity Incorporated. Psy! Who celebrated 101 years on November 27th in uh, 1919. So we want to give a shout-out to those organizations because those organizations are premier organizations in the African-American community. Uh, and people be like, well, ain't, ain't that, that KK's that band thing? Ain't one them founded by some, 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 some uh, pink people? Damn yeah. right it was. Yeah, but you got to look at the dynamics of who runs the band world. Historically black colleges. Gold side, baby. You go, you go to the band, you go to HBCU games to see the band, see them show out, to see pageantry in motion. Again, pageantry in motion is actually a thesis uh, by doctoral, at that time, candidate William Foster, William P. Foster, uh, who is actually, you know, going and deceased, but he's the one that started the Marching 100 at FAMU. Uh, so that's what we're going to look and see. So these things are rooted in a lot of our history. So, should I start in chronological order, or should I just go ahead and let them know? Hit them with it hard. Just go ahead and hit it. All right. So, the first thing I really want to talk about, because it actually has a relevancy when it talks about our history, and that's actually the Chinese immigration. Uh, you know, the Chinese started to immigrate heavily in the 1800s, around 1849, what they call the California Gold Rush. They, le they were leaving China because of, you know, starvation, war, because, you know, you had a lot of warlords. Um, lack of work, and they went and they came to California to work and build the, the steel for the railroads. You know, when they came, um, they weren't paid very much. Sound familiar? Very Cheap little. labor? Yeah. They weren't paid much. Uh, a lot of their women were actually enslaved and sold out of brothels and things of that nature. They were sometimes, a lot of times, kept in cages. They were raped on ships and on boats and things of that nature. Um, and so it was, a, it was a bad travesty. And it's showing that there is a pattern in this country of taking minorities and brutalizing them and doing, I mean, literally yeah, unthinkable yeah, things yeah. to these people. I'm, I'm uh, because when the Irish came, you know, the, the, the other Europeans looked down on the Irish, but they didn't treat them that way. Just, 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 a quick, just a quick interjection. It's funny how all of the people in this country, you have Latino community, you've got the Jewish community, you've got the Asian community, you like you said, you've got the Irish community. At one point or another, all of those different communities were persecuted to whatever level by the dominant culture in this country, but they quickly forget that when it comes to us. And you you know, you got your agendas, we got our agendas, but you go against us, you know, vehemently, or you go against us proudly. But you forget that this country put a boot up your behind at one point yep. as well. You forget about it. And it pains me sometimes because, you know, the Jewish community at some point, there were places and there were even signs up sometimes, not as prevalent as whites only and colors only, but no no Jewish people allowed. Or you, you were discriminated against that. You were Jewish. You, you know, people scared to let it not be known that they were Jewish because they would be put out correct. of place. They would be evicted. That's from correct. neighborhoods, they would be put out of, of business and associations and other things. Same things. Who do you think invented the term Mick, which is a a, 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 a racial slur against Irish. Scottish and Irish Americans? That that was the, the dominant culture in this culture, what we refer to as white folks. They started that. 
And then, you know, uh, when you had the, the, the Asian population come over here working on our railroads, they even cut their hair a particular way because that's the way they wanted them to look because they look more uh, servant-like or docile-like, right. whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, to, to them. Same thing in the Latino community. You know, you need to look up and see what the zoot suit, because the zoot suit wars or zoot suit, something mm -hmm. like that. But it was this, this kind of movement thing against the Latin community. But, you know... And it, it just, it is, but they forget that so quickly when it comes to us. And you know, you got Latin people, they got some negative to say about black folk. You know, you got the Asian community, they quick to jump on the daggone bandwagon when it comes to, you know, negativity with black folk. And the same thing with the Jewish community. But don't, don't forget, talk about history, you know, looking back into the past, coming, coming forward to the now, this country has, has, has had their foot on your neck as well. Is this that those other ethnicities figured out a way to play the chess game? Actually, they did. You know what they did? Okay, so everybody talk about gangs, right? Gangs are bad. Well, when the, when the Chinese immigration happened, they also brought the other element with them. They brought the tongs, or uh, the Hanawede. What does that mean? The tongs are basically the mafia. They're the mafia. They were big in the opium trade, that, that, which is dealing drugs. So they set up that tongue. The tongue set up. They had different factions of the tongues on the Gold Coast in California. The Hatchet Boys, some of them call them the, the, the Long Swords. See what I'm saying? The Dagger Boys. They had gangs set up. See what I'm saying? Irish. They had the Irish mob. See what I'm saying? They were, the, man, it's well documented that Irish and the Chinese used to go back and forth at it. They'd be at each other's throat over what? Labor. Labor. And I mean, and so. It's kind of befuddling to me because, you know, you know, the movie Birth of a Nation came out about Nat Turner and his rebellion. And everybody frowned at that. You had these folk that had gangs that was, that was tearing folk up. See what I'm saying? But we forget about it. It was so bad at one time, man, the, uh, the, the, Europe, the white Europeans who were out of work got so fed up. They had that, that Chinese Exclusion Act. Y'all want to know what that is? That means if you were Chinese, you couldn't bring your butt to our country or you had to leave. Yeah. They came up with a whole law against that. Yeah. Uh, that law was passed in 1882. Of course, it was overturned because business people just like nowadays be like, oh, wait a minute, can't take our labor. Can't take our cheap labor. And, and, that, and that's the other thing. When you talk about playing a chess game, um, you know, the Asian community kind of emancipated themselves from uh, the, 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 the denigration and, and, and being the downtrodden in this country because we needed their technology. The Jewish community got out from under the heel of, of the dominant culture because they, uh, they started to, to weave themselves in the fabric of a dollar and commerce. And they started owning banks and owning properties. And you went places and they would own the whole block or the whole Because they did it what? And they, they, they did it together. They did it together, exactly. And they like and they and they learned that, you know, the dominant culture will freak out when they cannot control the evidence flowing of a dollar. They can't handle it. And they started becoming bank presidents and they started controlling, you know, you gotta come to me to get a loan. So you got a problem with my Junius now? Oh no, 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 no. We good, we good. But and then, and then again, the thing that upsets me is each group of people that they had to let go of, they made sure, oh, don't forget, you just, you got to stay on them, though. Them, yeah, them over there, you got to make sure we keep them down. And these fools was like, okay, cool. Now, you, you, you forgave them for everything they did to you so quickly, but you made sure you kept a foot or helped to keep a foot on our necks 
and they did the same thing to you that they did to us. That's the part that confuses me. Like, at no point, <laughs> at no point should a Jewish person ever be prejudiced against a black person because you went through the same thing. And I had a heated argument with a soldier once on, on that. He, he almost wanted to go to blows, but I had to tell him. I said, the Jewish community was, was, was the, the atrocity that the Jewish community was suffering because some dummy decided that you were less than human. And he, and, he, and he paused, and his eyes got big. I said, the atrocity that African-Americans have suffered because some idiot decided that we were less than human, that we were not uh, worth the, the uh, fair and equal treatment. And then he kind of took a step back. He, he Actually, he just blinked a few times and walked off. But I took that heat from him because, you know, d d what the Jewish community went through and what we went through, the only difference is they took you up the street around the corner to put a foot up your ass. They brought us across a big-ass swimming pool to put a foot up our ass. The Chinese called it the salt. You go, you traveling across the salt. Travel across the salt. The, the water, yeah, the salt water. But, you know, especially from the Jewish community, we, we suffered the same friggin' negativity. Like I said, you just went up the street a few bit and around the corner. You know, we had to go across, excuse me, the big swimming pool. We went through the same thing. Latin people, you were persecuted against. My thing is, don't, don't not hold history accountable for what you went through. And then let's 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 remember that we've all suffered. So how do you now just only look down on us? Because it seems like, you know, just like okay, hey Jewish man, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go. But you know, black folks, we we can't let them get nothing. And they bought in. It's like okay, cool. Hey Asian folk, we need your technology. And we're going to let you go. We're going to let you do your thing. But remember, them over there, got to keep them down. And they went, oh, sure, no problem, no problem. You know. Uh, but see, this is, okay, so let's, let's, let's move a little bit forward. You heard of uh, Gustavus Vasa before? Uh, that sounds familiar. It's oh, how about Aloda Ikiano? Definitely not that one. Okay, that's the same person. <laughs> okay. Same person. Uh, from Nigeria, was bought and sold. Into slavery, and of course, in the Caribbean, he was then sold again to a Royal Navy officer in the Americas. Ended up in South Carolina. Somehow, he bought his freedom. He went back to Great Britain. He founded and started an organization called the Sons of Africa. It was based. It was basically slave, former slaves who were able to gain their freedom. He is the actual person who helped write the law, the Slave Trade Act in Great Britain, that stopped all slavery in Great Britain and the surrounding European states or countries. Mm -hmm. Say his name again. His, his real name is Aloda Ikiano. Okay. His slave name was uh, Gustavus Vasa. And what was, where was he from? He's from Nigeria. Nigeria. He's from Nigeria. And you had a lot of sons of Africa. Um, um, you had a lot of them. Uh, Atoba Kaguno, he was another one. But these, these are abolitionists. They worked against slavery. Mm -hmm. But this is the thing about that, though. You got free. You freed yourself in America and went to Britain and wrote the Slave Trade Act. Can nobody sit here and do it for us? Mm -mm. Now I will say this though. I, I will know, say this. I know they couldn't because that was uh, he. He uh, bought his freedom in seventeen seven in seventeen sixty six. Ten years before the American Revolution. Now, if you don't know, uh, when the American Revolution was happening, when they were doing the Declaration of Independence, anybody that was a slave that fought for the, the for this nation was to gain their freedom after twelve months of service. Anybody. Mm -hmm. Now. People keep forgetting those are only 13 colonies. Mm -hmm. 
People keep, people keep forgetting that was on the northeast portion of the United States. Because mm-hmm. slavery actually ended in New York in, what, 1807? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Actually congruent to the Slave Trade Act in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. But this is the issue. You, know, you didn't have many things growing in the north like that. <laughs> so when it came to, cause, all right, so everybody understand the rest of this. Georgia. Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Nevada, that didn't exist. That was all Mexico. Mm-hmm. That was Santa Ana and the Mexicans. They owned all. They had, that was, this is all, in, why? Because, you know, if you know anything about Native American culture, Mexicans are not Hispanic in history. They're Native American. Yeah. They actually migrated up and down the west coast into Central America based upon where the land was fertile at and where the actual crops will grow and where cattle and other species of animals that they can actually eat when we're wrong. That's how they migrated. So when everybody keeps talking about they need to go back to Mexico, yeah, well, do you mean go to California? <laughs> go to Las Vegas? You mean Georgia? That's why that statement is so demented. Just retarded. Just, that is the yeah. dumbest statement I've ever heard. Go back to where you came from. How about you first? Yeah, exactly. Get on. You the, you go there and let me know how it work out. Get back on the Santa Maria and float your ass back across the, back across the water. How about it? Because your president, yeah, I'm y'all president, day you know, pre- day president. he's from Bavaria. So that? so so I mean you go back to well your family because you know had you know Fred lied you know yeah. Fred kept saying he was Jewish Fred you wasn't Jewish he wasn't hell no you did that so that you can go ahead and get Jewish immigrants which is funny because yeah. they can move into your property so you can make money off of them that's hilarious you were going you gonna lie and say you were Jew and do that so that's the crazy thing about the situation it's like you do all this stuff now you you brought up a point earlier about you know when. Brother, say his name again, the, the first guy you brought. Aloda Ikiano. Him. When you brought it, say, well, he went, he gained his freedom, then he went back to Great Britain and and, and pretty much wrote the law that, that abolished slavery in Great Britain. And you made a statement as to, well, why couldn't we do it over here? Here's the key to that, because it's the same thing as to why we can't do a lot of things in America is because cash moves everything around us, cream, get the money, Dollar dollar bill, y'all. Because yep. understand, back in those days, uh, tobacco plantations, sugarcane plantations, please believe cotton plantations, and other kind of textiles, what we call textiles now, those were plantations back then, and that was big money. And there was no way, and and, it, and this is just another sidebar to that. It makes me laugh when the dominant culture talks about, you know, people being lazy. And you know, people being shiftless. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, let's let's you brought us over here to do your yard work for four hundred years, but <laughs> we lazy. Sun up to sundown. You know, so yeah. Sun up to sundown. To, and, and we'll get that. While you turn the house drinking tea. Exactly. And lemonade. Exactly. That you didn't even know how to make. Or as exactly. or as or, my or as my pastor uh back home in Maryland used to put a from can't see in the morning to can't see at night. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you mess around banging your sisters and your and your cousins and your aunties while we out in the fields picking cotton and, and, and sugar tobacco cane and, and tobacco sugar cane. And and but, but we but we lazy. But we lazy. But See, we lazy. But I think I, the new generation is taking, you know, a couple of hundred years off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we deserve a couple hundred year break. How about that? But but, but that it, but the thing is, as you said, money was the root to the whole situation. Yeah. But more the problem is 
it's hard to get together and formulate a coalition when you don't speak the same language. True. And people keep forgetting in Africa, there's a hundred about a hundred different dialects of Swahili, just Swahili. Not that doesn't include Bantu. See what I'm saying? Lebanese. That doesn't include none of that. Well, that does a whole other different dynamic about Africa, the continent of Africa coming together because it is it it far surpasses just a language barrier. There, I mean, Africa right now it, it it's, just from a militaristic standpoint, Africa should be the most feared continent on this planet because it's it's almost well, it ain't the only place, but it's the largest continent. And if you think about it, there is no way to secretly invade Africa. If you look at it on the map, there is one, walking on land, there is one way into Africa and one way out. If you want to attack shores, you can't do that uh, quietly. Or you can't, because, I mean, somebody's going to see you coming off the water. So Africa should be the most impenetrable continent on this country. But there's there's more than a language barrier, which, which prevents that. We can touch that on the show. They, in, in Black Panther, they say it very vividly. Colonizers. You forget the German, the French, the, the well, Spaniards, yeah, that, that too. the British. That they too. all went and occupied. And why? Because for some reason, I never understood why. We were so accommodating. We were, like, <laughs> It was like, they said, come on, people. And it was like, no, we want all of it. Okay. But see, that that was just our nature. And, you know, we, 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 we're, we've always been... Good def- people? Def- yeah, we've been defensive, not offensive. Now... Look at look at uh, Native Americans in the past. If they saw you, they were probably going to kill you <laughs> because they was like, oh, no, 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 we we don't know you. We don't know what you. No, might they learned do. their lesson. So yeah. no, 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 they were accommodating at first. They was like, <coughs> mm-mm. Yeah. That ain't. <coughs> what, wait, wait. What's in bumps on your back? <laughs> <laughs> that ain't. And then they said, nah, no longer. Yeah. But again, they fought, and what happened? Yeah. See, the, I think the thing is like. Is keep people keep forgetting white and black, those are racist. But Nigerian, Ethiopian, African American, Jamaican, Haitian, Dominican, those are, those are ethnicities. That means that's your mm-hmm. culture. See, the thing that's truly the issue is the white race is basically all against them. And at moments they I'm I'll identify as white and I'll make sure things go all right and we just go get after them. Because in the, it was a in in California during the tongue wars, there was a point where the tongues stopped fighting each other and said, "Oh no, we're gonna fight them because they're not they're not Chinese." And when we get done dealing with them, then we come back and fight each other. But we can mess with each other, but bet nobody else better not mess with each other. Mm-hmm. We as the black race don't do that. I haven't figured it out yet. And no, they be, we be like, "Oh no, that's them over there." Hey, go get them Haitians. See what I'm saying? We, we'll do that and stand back and watch. Ain't why, yeah. Won't say a word. Right now, in Liberia, I mean, in Libya, Libya, right now, you have a slave trade. You have a slave trade right now. Mm-hmm. Literally right in the modern age of cell phones, internet, you can get an iPad, but you can't stop the slave trade. Now, is it a sex slave trade? Or no, 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 no. Africans are being sold and still working as slaves. It's a port right there. And it's it's known, it's a known fact. And I wish somebody from the military would call in and, and please explain this to us. But it's a known fact that if you escape from Libya and get on that water, the Europeans will send you right back. 
right back into slavery. Not help you, not give you any type of salt, slave you right back. Because this is one thing that the world has not realized. Africa is not owned by Africans. It's owned by the Chinese, the Russians, which are also people, hey, Russians are Asian too. But the Russians, you got a little small part of Russia that's actually in Europe. Mm -hmm. But that's why the Mongolians, Mongolians were Russian. But anyways, but you you got this the Great Britain, French, they still hold Germany, they still hold parts of Africa. And I blame them. everybody wanna watch and talk about Cleopatra, but <laughs> it's mostly her fault that Africa was invaded like that. People keep forgetting that. She don't want to allow Rome onto the African continent because she wanted to take Egypt from her brother. Like, literally. She did it with that nana. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, not really. Shit. It's a little bit more to it than that, but we ain't going to really get, we'll get into, here. we'll get into them later. Yeah, nana whooped white boys, came to Africa. No. that beautiful woman. She wasn't was beautiful. Like, she was actually quite ugly. Well, but she was a she was a princess, or she yeah. put that nene on him. Don't, well, actually, it was lie. taken from her. Actually, the dude that stuttered, Caesar, he actually took it from her. He, he, he raped her. Yeah, he raped her. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was then, still about that nana. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> because he believed if she had his child, that he could put a Roman on the Egyptian throne. Yeah. Um, and then he just I killed did. off her brothers because you know she married her brothers first. Yeah, I do remember that part. So these are the things that. The thing that we really need to look at in our history, what really happened, what has happened, or what did not happen that will allow us to progress. So we're going to fast forward in a few, into the present a little bit more. We're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about the Chicago 7, the Black Panther Party, and MOVE, the MOVE organization. If you don't know what the Chicago 7 was, it was basically when Richard Nixon became president. There were people that's going against, of course, the Vietnam War, talking and speaking out against it. They they set up a rally in Chicago near the state capitol to basically say, hey, we don't believe in this. And they also want to say, hey, um, you know, we need to put our own candidates up there. That's going to do what's in the best interest of all Americans. And a basically a riot started out or whatever else. People got hurt. Police officers got hurt. And they took the, the what they called the organizers together and they put him on trial. They say it was a political trial or whatever else. But in that trial, somehow Bobby Seale <laughs> was one of the defendants. And Bobby Seale was like, I wasn't even there. I don't even know these dudes. Yeah. But he's put on trial because they wanted to put the Black Panther Party on trial. Exactly. During this trial, that's when Fred Hampton was actually shot and killed uh, at one of the Black Panther headquarters. They somehow raided because he was helping you know, with the trial. You know, We didn't necessarily have a law degree, but it didn't mean we didn't know law. And that's one thing the Black Panther Party for Nonviolence or for uh, the advancement of people. That's what they did. They actually educate themselves very well. Huey P. Newton is Dr. Huey P. Newton. He has a PhD in social, social psychology. So it's like these are the things that people don't understand about that. But they literally put this black man on trial just because they wanted to bring in and take down the Black Panther Party. Mm -hmm. That was in Chicago 7. That happened in 1969. That's what they do. That's, that's, a part, that's a part of the game is you're not a part of this initially, but we feel like you may or you could be important at some point, so we're going to latch you right. to this. So, and you so know, Bobby Seale was one of the founders of the Black Panther Party yeah. with Dr. Huey Newton. So we can kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to fast forward. Literally. We all heard about the bombing at Black Wall Street that people try to deny. But let's the talk what? about the bombing at Black Wall Street in uh, Greenwood, Oklahoma, Greenwood at Pine, the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's move forward to something we know that happened. And that's, if you don't know about the MOVE organization, the MOVE organization was an organization that was started actually by um, 
<laughs> which is crazy. His name was John. His 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 move name was John Africa, but his actual name was actually um uh what was his name? Uh, his real name was Vincent Leaphart. That's what it is. And they say he only had a third grade education or whatever. It was him and Donald Glassy, who was actually uh, alumnus of Penn State, and he was also an actual professor. They came up with this movement called The Move, um, and this was supposed to be basically moving back into doing things naturally, becoming one with nature. Mm-hmm. Back then, when it first started, it was 70% black, 30% white. Uh, and it was mostly whites that were educated and blacks that were actually educated. So they wanted to get back to naturalistic things, become one of the land so they could bring more peace and harmony to the world. That's what they wanted to do. Um, as they progressed or whatever else, you know, it started to become more and more black. Um, they started to have conflicts with the police, never hurting the police or anything, but have a kind con- you know how you better you start arguing with the police. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason they were saw as seen as a threat. <laughs> now, the MOVE organization's base was on Osage Avenue in West Philadelphia. Uh, There's actually, you know, like brownstone type house. This is a middle class area. Mm-hmm. So they, they were, you know, doing things. They didn't believe in, like, um, processed hair, none of the things. They had locks, sound familiar. They had locks and stuff like that, things of that nature. Well, for some reason, they were becoming targeted by the Philadelphia legislator or the Philadelphia judicial system. So uh, Rizzo, who was actually the uh, the mayor at that time, called them out and said they 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 must be stopped. Now I realize at that time in our history, anything counter to the established uh, norms and status quo politically and government wise in that time, you were seen as a threat because you know. Lawmakers, politicians, judges, police officers, the framework of America at that time was seen to be the best thing going and the best way to do things. And it was seen as this is the only way it should be. So even the slightest rumbling, even the slightest flicker of, of, uh, of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Of um, rebellion? Yes. Well, real rebellion is kind of strong, but we'll take that. That's definitely rebellion. But huh? <laughs> it's definitely rebellion against the status well, well, quo. Well, yeah, but but any 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 pushback against what was already established, because those people during that time, change was 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 taboo. Change was a cuss word. You know, why do you want to why you want to change? This is because it because it it was working for so many people. It was also working not working for a whole bunch of people. But it was working for so many people, so any kind of pushback on the established status quo way to go, you got yourself on the list of, okay, we got to do something about them. So, you know, please believe it was not hard to get on the list of of undesirables politically and, and, and whatnot back in those days. Go ahead. So what happened was, so the move organization was founded in 1976. Resistance, that's the word. Yeah, well, okay, sorry, well, resistance, rebellion, same difference. <laughs> but, but they were founded in 1976. So it's fairly recent. Yeah. So in moving forward, like I said, Mayor Frank Rizzo, who was the mayor at that time, and uh, during the, the year of 1985, they actually set up an assault on these people. Uh, again, this is in West Philly on Osage Avenue, middle class area. A hundred over a hundred police officers centered on this particular place of living, and 
they stood out there and told the people that were living there. Now, mind you, they, this is, they own this property. They had to come out, not because they committed any crime, not because they did anything, just because they had to be rooted out. Kind of like a forced eminent domain. Right, like, like not even a forced eminent domain, because you had other people. Explained eminent domain. You had, I mean, so you, so basically, they didn't come out in 15 minutes, so you start opening fire. Yeah. Not just that, you blew a hole in somebody else's crib to get, to, get to, to them. Yeah, they dropped a bomb from a helicopter. Yeah, so it's like, how in the whole... So, again, this is 1985. May 13th, 1985. Family over there, you want to know why? That's Mother's Day. So on Mother's Day, you decided that it was a good idea <laughs> to come and attack these naturalistic people. And the media played it up. These people are rogues and rebels. But you never say what they did wrong. Because naturalistic was was a it, well, they were afraid of that because they didn't understand it. Because you can mean that mean you take away industrial, industrialism. Yeah. So my thing That's is though again, nineteen this is nineteen eighty five. 1985. This is actually doing the B-Box era. This is doing the era of Run DMC, of 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 Def Jam and Russell Simpson. This is literally, literally doing the hip hop era in West Philly. Beginning of it, yeah. And where Fresh Prince came from. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, but dude, seriously, you then drop a bomb on these people's houses, not shoot, not throw a dynamite. You drop a bomb. Because it's, it's it's and on, you let this burn for hours. It's on video. Uh, they said they lost what two city blocks. Sixty homes that was burnt to the ground. Yeah. Uh, all the people that was inside the house, except for one, was killed. He's killing, killing the children. Yeah, cause the other one they don't even know where he is, so you know. But literally, you dropped a bomb on them. People that didn't do nothing to you. But, so, but go against so, what you thought should have been. But normal. let me ask this question: You're dropping bombs on innocent people in 1985. Two teenage boys are supposed to get out of the car with anything doing wrong with the guns drawn on them. Now I, I want I want to dive in if we if it was possible. I wanted to dive into what who are these young men and what were they about because I don't I don't believe in there are no accidents. So you know who are these boys and what were their career goals and what kind of stances did they have on things you talking about the 16 and 18 year old Pol yeah in, politically in this country cuz you stuff like that I, I know that there's an inherent uh and 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 very um they're evil in this in this country when it comes to you know white cops and and black young men but still you know something that that seems like that, that was I don't know. For me, it just feels like there was some premeditation to it. So I, I will just, and, and I'm just playing a hunch. But my thing is, who were these young men? What were their stances on some things? Have they ever, you know, organized anything? Have they ever had any tweeted out or Instagrammed out or or TikToked out, whatever um, political stances on anything? And I, I would be able, if we could dive into that. I think we may be surprised, you know, about this particular situation. I mean, it could have just been, you know, that random act of evil from some 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 nasty behind white cops, and just they just figure, hey, we got it, we got us two, you know, we gonna get them. It could have been just that, but I, I don't, I don't, I think sometimes it may go deeper. That's just me. That's just me. But you know, these two young men were savagely were were killed and shot to death. But but this no is the reason. thing about that: two teens were shot and killed. Who knows what they want to do in life? 
but you were shot and killed by Santiago Miranda. That don't sound like Jonathan uh, Roscoe <laughs> Ford. I mean, well, but see, also you got to know too that some people are confused. Some people. Are you ain't are, that confused? Well, well, let me tell you, some people are confused. Some people are disillusioned because they may be able to pass or for acceptance, they might join in on certain things so they can be accepted because some people you know feel like well it's better you than me so they they will attach themselves and assimilate to and and that's another thing about you know racism in this country just the sheer stupidity of racism look at uh the proud boys their leader is what you might call someone of of latin or hispanic descent am i right that dude, remember that dude from the, the yeah, Proud Boys? Yeah, I mean, the thing about that is... But, and my thing is, wait a minute, dog, you're not you're not white. <laughs> but see, that's the thing, though. They can identify with such, though. They can literally put on their ID white. And, but that's what I'm saying. We, we oh, can't do that. We're going to say, oh, I'm white. Right they look at you like, what? They can pass. <laughs> they pass. And they do it all the time because they know that there is... Uh, they still get static for being... You know, Latin, Hispanic, you know, however, I, I got the research on that too. Anyway, but you know what's funny about still, Latin, though? still a past, though. You know, Latin comes, you know, Latin is spoken in Italy, which is wrong. That's what Latin, like, Latin is, like, literally, almost, like, you talk about the Roman and Greek philosophers, right? Mm -hmm. Italy, where Latin is originally, originally from, mm -hmm. that's white. Yeah. Or is it? Well, they was the thing, or is it? Oh, uh, same thing. Same thing. Because yeah. when, you, when you see Italian, you be like, oh, and you. And they definitely do not refer to themselves as being by you. You would start a fight calling an Italian man a white boy. He was but like, but people don't know why. You want to know why? Because they were Saxons. Mm -hmm. They were considered the barbarians. They were considered uncouth and unkept. Yeah. So, so think about that for a second. <laughs> You're uncouth and unkept. And yet, now you rule the world? How about that? Like, seriously, or do you rule the world? Because we owe China a whole lot of money. Well, I'm, my, my thing is, to, <laughs> like, if, if you want to be, if you want to be, if you want to be. I'm just saying, we do owe China a lot of money. If you want to be exact about it, to say, you know, I'm of the white race, I'm a white, proud, white American. Uh, what does that even mean? Because it was created. White was created. For here. For here in America, because Europeans... They will never say that they're white. No. <laughs> they would never refer to say, I'm the white man, isn't it? No. I'm German. I'm British. Uh, yes. Exactly. I'm Bavarian. So white was created actually out of a lot of blending, by the way. If you, if you really want to get to it, being white was, you know, they stirred that pot up real good and poured it and went, okay, white. That's <laughs> pretty much how that came about. So, you know, there's, and you know, you talk about pure this and that. Uh, Miss me with that one. So well, it depends how you look at it. Albinoism yeah. is a recessive trait yeah. that can be passed on yeah. because you know you were kicked out of that, you know Africa if you was albino because you were seen as a desolate. Yeah. Um, and then you migrate north, and then you stay migrate north, and you keep breeding with whoever's with you. Yep. If they have albinoism too, you have a bunch of white kids. Yeah. But then. It, but it, but it, but it, white was never an original thing. That's no, my point. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. I mean, then they become Saxons because they start to move down from the mountains, the Caucasus Mountains, and mm -hmm. and all that other guys. Because even when people talk about the barbarians, the barbarians wasn't white. The Germanic tribe. Yeah. Not neither, neither were the Vikings. <laughs> Like, real folk will definitely have color. Because mm -hmm. you're like, wait, go somewhere, you're going to see somebody that's a Viking. That dude don't look nothing like what you... But see, again, that's media. Mm -hmm. Because in, even with the MOVE organization, the media played that up. 
Now, the, the woman, there was two survivors. One, we don't know what happened to him. Everybody said he just disappeared. But you had uh, the woman that they found or whatever else who surrendered. You, she had to serve seven years in prison for arson. <laughs> right, right, right. For assault and arson. And they want to say that they shot the police officer. Okay, I'm in a basement of somewhere. How am I shooting? He got shot from an angle of at least 20 feet going down, mm-hmm. but I'm in a basement. I mean, how, how did I make that angle? I didn't, by the you, way. You was in the movie Wanted, and you can throw bullets <laughs> around the house. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. That. But, but you, so you got, you got seven years for that. Yeah. You got seven years for saying that, hey, we're going to do our own thing. Seven years. We're going to push back from what you say we should do, and we're going to do what we believe, which is, you know, a staple of being America. We're going to do what we think is best for us, which is pretty much how this country was founded. But you drop a bomb on them for it and charge somebody with arson and assault that had that didn't. You dropped the bomb which started the fire, but you charged her with it. Yeah, good job. And so, I mean, so I'm like, okay, so now what is the state of African Americans or black people in America this day, and and this is why I asked that question. By the way, that's not rhetorical. That's, no, that's like, like that because that that, that that has to have an answer. I like I don't think there is there is no answer. Like you got somebody like Candace Owens, right? She married you know Laura Taylor's son, Michael Taylor, right? She was she got straight grilled by um, he was a, a British broadcast. Okay, uh, Neil Neil. She's on Neil's show. She was talking about the, the fraudulent votes and that she, you know, she, of course she voted for Donald Trump and she thinks Donald Trump's a great leader and, you know, she may, he asked her when she ran for president she said, if people need her, we don't need you. But, you know, <laughs> but this is what she said. I don't even care about that, but this is what she said. You know, she's pregnant right now. And her exact words were, yes, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm expecting a new life into the world. He's going to be a, a, a beautiful white and black baby, no baby, your baby's black. And he's uh, he's gonna be American and British. He's raised here, which means he's American. And I'm like, so you cited everything but your race. Like, you literally, it's like, you, you so condemning. You want to bring black folk to the Republican Party, why? Yeah. Like what? What is the purpose? That's my first. Like I don't care. Why? Like I don't care. I don't, I don't think I'm Democrat nor Republican, because I I have some views. I'm like don't agree with either one of them. But the thing is, is why are you trying to bring somebody to a, another party? Yeah. Like what? What is your principles? Or is your principles have to be the principles aligned with somebody else? And and then just 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 to make another small bullet point, I I think Republican and Democrat is hinge on, you know. History. Well, nah, and I mean, no, for, the, for the individual, I think it's hinged on where and what the agenda is that individual person has done. Because I can tell you, there's at least one Republican, there's there's one Republican ideal right now that would make me, and I don't mind saying, make me actually vote Republican if the Democrats play this card they're trying to play, which I, but I'm pretty sure they, they know they're not going to be able to play. But, you know, as far as gun rules and gun legislation goes, I would almost pretty much turn my back on the Democratic Party. Cause and what are the gun rules? What are the gun rules are you talking well, about? Well, currently, um, they're trying to put a tax stamp on all weapons. Like right now, on some weapons that civilians can own, you have to pay a $200 tax stamp on that weapon. And pretty much what you're asking ATF to do is give you permission 
uh, to own that weapon, like weapons that have silencers, weapons, so weapons. weapons so these weapons that you need to actually defend your home, or these ancillary well, weapons that you can just. Well, here, here, here's the deal: whether whether it's no matter what it's for, whether you hunting, whether you defending home no, 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 property, I, it doesn't matter what the purpose for the weapons is, as long as you're not, as long as there's no criminal purpose. But you see, know, you can't determine that with somebody by a gun. Here, here's, here's the thing. Well, you can't. <laughs> you think Dylan Roof said, hey. But here, here's here's the deal, though. I'm a, cr I'm a criminal. About, Send me a gun. You're talking about putting a tax stamp on anything. So, like, my Glock. So, if I come up there and say, I want to buy a Glock, they're going to put a tax stamp on it. Mm -hmm. What about? Which means, means yeah, the Glock already cost you five, six, nine, ninety nine plus tax. Now, you're going to have to pay an additional $200. So, you're going to price all poor people. Well, you'll price out poor people, but you also going to imagine people who have gun collections. Like I know people that have two hundred dollar piece gun collections, which means you, they're going to retroact that, which means now you got to pay uh, what's two hundred times one hundred and fifty or two hundred so times. You mean 200. like people? That, you mean like they do with cars? That's what they do with cars. What? You pay taxes to buy your car. But my, you don't understand what I'm saying. Though. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. You're saying they're gonna retroact this gun thing, this situation, this mm -hmm. gun tax, right? Yeah. Which means that you have to pay a tax for these guns. I guarantee you that ain't gonna pass. You wanna know why? Uh, well, I know it's not gonna pass. But I'm, I'm just saying. But I, I can understand as, what as they're trying to fact do. Of what, as in just a position as to why people are are Republican or Democrat, it it matters. I'm Democrat as long as you know this is what I think Democrats should do. And then when they start not to, when they start to skew from that, okay, I might be Republican for a while. Or you know what, I'm Republican right now, but oh my God, the Republican Party sucks. So you know, I'm going to, I'm going to Democrat on these issues, which, which also may incline make me. Vote That's called a progressive. Democrat. That's called a progressive. Well, you got, you got conservative Democrats and progressive Republicans, which means you're kind of in the middle. You don't really agree with too much of it. Like for instance. Republicans, well, they, I'm in the middle. Of right, a lot of people are, <laughs> but we vote because somebody told us that's the way we should. Oh, that's what our parents did. Well, and I that's voted what we were supposed because to. we had to get rid of orange. Uh, well, Captain Cheeto's a whole different. I mean, but <laughs> thing I look at is this, because but 73 million people did vote for him, which is more of an issue. But my thing is, at the end of the day, like when a Republican says that you. There should there should be a a minimum or a cap on welfare at in certain situations. Hell yeah, that should be a cap uh, on they, welfare. Right, that's a Republican thing, right? But you think the people say that, and in their mind they see a black person. But uh, sixty six percent of welfare are white people. Shit, I see my people on welfare, and I think that there should be a cap on welfare. I think that if you on government assistance, you should take drug tests. I think if you're on government assistance, there should only be certain things that you are supposed to buy. And why do I say that? Because you go to a pawn shop with a tenth car that got twenty thousand dollars on it. <laughs> <laughs> like you get steak and shrimp, and I still got to eat Roman noodles because because see, I have a working job. And here's my thing: I'm, I want to end the generations on welfare. I, I don't I don't understand for one second why. Mom was on welfare, grandma was on welfare, the great grandma was on welfare, and they just keep going generation to generation on welfare. That is insane. Welfare was designed, or, and I, I, I know who exactly it was designed for in the beginning. Right. Because it, 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 it wasn't for was, us. Is that, yeah, it definitely wasn't It was for us. those laborers in the, in the, during the Great Depression. Or it was it was for uh, poor white women. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was actually designed for. We were just byproducts. But if you own government assistance, it's, it's only for you to get up on your feet and then you go exist and be as a normal citizen 
without it. But my people have gotten lazy and got dang just conditioned to, oh, well, we'll just, and then, and I've seen it so many times, you know, it was like, wait a minute, you pregnant again? Oh, yeah, well, my welfare was about to run out. Wait, so, so how, how, how do they do that automatically? Do they just be like, all right, let's go, pregnant. I mean. Like, hey, can you come over here and uh, plow these fields real quick? <laughs> like. Drop, and drop a seed because I need to keep this way off my money. And then who is the idiot dude that goes, okay, okay, okay sure. Like the dude that ain't working? <laughs> so he ain't got to pay no child support? And, and that's, why I, that's why I think the way I think about welfare because I want my people for the most part, but, to get off, but of you got to put social programs into place for that to happen. Which yeah, that's it. And, and that's and that's that's the caveat, and that's the and, Democrat and part. That's the safety net that ain't there. That's the the exactly. Yeah. You got to have you got, and I ain't even gonna call it a safety net. You got a social program there that's going to allow those people to do better. Because if there's no program there, then you gonna still have the same desolate behavior. Or you, we look at the Democrat part. Mm, the billionaires need to pay their fair share. Yeah. Why am I paying thirty six percent in tax and you paying ten? Exactly. Or look at your president, who over the last what fifteen years has paid seven hundred and fifty dollars in taxes. Yes, seven hundred and fifty thousand. You got some hell of five losses seven, to be a billionaire. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Wait, wait. If you taxes. if you're worth two point one billion dollars, right? How are you in the whole? Eight hundred million. Yeah. Or look at Amazon. Look at these other big companies like Amazon that aren't paying taxes. Anywhere in this I mean, country, but at least they hire people. You, you see an Amazon truck everywhere. You don't oh, see a okay. Donald Trump nothing. Okay. You ain't got no Donald Trump pizza. <laughs> no, like no. <laughs> this, this this is the way I see it should go. Nationally, which means federally, there should be a 180 degree program in every city, state, town, county in this country, which means. We're going to get people off the streets. We're going to get people off welfare. We will house you for X amount of months, years, while you get your GED, some type of education, pick up some type of trade. And then once you get to a point of, uh, I guess, status quo education, or once you get to the point where you've learned a trade and or are proficient in it, we're going to put you in this living space. Now, whether you stay in the state we find you in or we move you have across the country, we're going to put you in a place where you can live, where we have an opening for a job and reasonable rent, and you got X amount of months or years to be on this program, and then, you know, and then adding a banking adding a, a banking uh, portion to it, you're going to pay into this bank account, and at this time, here's your bank account, here's your money, have a good life. And then we, we start to end these generations on welfare. It's not going to happen. You want to know why? Because, number one, I, I, it's not going to happen because there's no way for a politician to make money off their way to their ears, but it's not it's not no, the, sexy, it's not the it. sexy politician thing because to do. It's called a grant. Because it's uh, no, there's no gain in it. No, I'm going to tell you why it won't happen. And you're thinking on uh, the the social improvement scale. You mm-hmm. have to think on the the, the resource scale. Uh, when I say resource, the resources for that are there. No, 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 no. Exponential. The resource scale is this: if black people have those resources, oh. they're not gonna stand outside the mall, outside Hibbets or Foot Locker for them joys. Because now they're gonna see true, what they call value. And true value is not in the Jordans. True value is in selling Jordans. Mm. 
So it means that I'm not I'm not longer gonna be that three point one trillion dollars that they make off of me. Now you gotta cut that into a third to one trillion because the rest the other two trillion is going to the African American community. Cause now we have decided, hey, we're gonna resource our own. Because well, that's what that's what, what you're talking about. That's called social economic improvement. That's what what you're talking about is gonna do. They can't afford that. You wanna know why? So is that the same social economic improvement that killed uh Nipsey Hustle? Actually, yes. Because he 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 was he was about to empower was he was not he, about to, he was. Well he was empowering, yeah, black folks in commerce. Was it and that's the thing that we're looking at then. You talking about the state of uh black America, the sequel, it's not in shambles. It ain't it ain't in total disarray, but it don't look real good because every I, turn we make, there's a roadblock that says racism you can't pass here you know okay we want to empower our people and 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 get them involved in commerce and and get them to where they can control the ebb and flow of dollar let's turn right here Oop. racism we can't let you do that okay well okay well, we're gonna get our people up on their feet and off welfare uh well no see that's gonna mess with our money too we got to keep y'all on this so it's it's almost what do you do what can you do because you got the word trying it's almost like Picking up black folk is a is a un is a is a is a blindly signed contract that says we're going to persecute you, which which leads to and does include the forfeiture of your life. But let me ask this question though, because I don't think we don't think about this. Because I'm gonna get on my people, Dr. Dre, you're worth eight hundred million dollars. Your wife trying to get four hundred million of it. Why? Because <laughs> she's a lady. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm saying, but why? But no, no. I'm saying we know what LeBron is doing. Mm-hmm. All day, every day, because that man, he's putting in that work. Yeah, and he let his money work for him to put yeah. in work to help his people. He's sending, he's putting kids in school and sending his kids to school and please, for free. Please believe they have a room full of people right now trying to figure out how to bring him down. And, uh, yes, because he's becoming more and more powerful as his as his mystique grows. Yep. Okay, Jordan, you just started doing something. Like you've been around a little bit too long to be just starting to really do something. Well, I mean, everybody comes into the light and the knowledge Eventually. of uh, yeah, but, at different times. But you got, but now you have this new wave of young star that's worth hundreds of millions now. Yep. I mean, Jason Tatum just signed a five-year, hundred and ninety-five million-dollar contract. Mm-hmm. That means over the next five years, you're going to be making almost forty million dollars a year. Pretty much. How is that money putting people to work? See, th- I, I think. That's the issue of state of the state uh, with the state of Black America that I have an issue with. You now have African Americans now who are changing the game because of their talent. Yeah. But how are you using that money to funnel into your communities to change the overall dynamic? Because think if Jordan, LeBron, Dr. Dre, Sean Combs, Oprah got together and said this is our new uh not just them and they, bob johnson when he stopped being retarded but bob johnson <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being real bob johnson uh david stewart yeah i'm naming black billionaires y'all and and some that's close to it when are you all going to start actually coming together and making it happen my thing that the biggest the biggest the biggest draw on uh, the talented tenth of wealth on the African in the African American community is fear that somebody's going to turn off my money 
if I try to help my people. See, my, my, my thing is, is we've got to come together and do our own and be our own uh, because to, to get rid of that dynamic. Because for every five rich black people in this country, two of only two of them are got the balls enough to want to do something regardless of what it might mean. You know, the other three are like, well, I can't say I can't do because, you know, the man's going to turn my money off and then I can't ball out no more. I can't, um, I can't, um, I can't buy Bugattis and Ferraris no more. I can't flash and floss no more. So I can't get into that, you know, because I don't like saying names, but there's a whole lot of people in the hip hop community who could almost change the stars of the, the African American community overnight just from hip hop. We're not talking about corporate America. Just from the platform of hip hop, it's tons of jokers who could change the stars of black folk overnight, but they're afraid that the dominant culture is gonna put their hands onto their bank accounts and turn it off. So we got a, we, we got a caller? Is that what we got? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, we gonna turn over to our resident PhD real quick. What's your thoughts, Dr. Funkenstein? Well, to, to chime off of what Mr. Ed D just said, I mean, Jay-Z started doing a little bit of that off of the 444 album. If you listen to the words and the lyrics, he was actually trying to teach people about economic uh, independence and growth and how he made some mistakes and, and how his mistakes could have really just cost him billions of dollars, right? So, Focus taking up, pivoting from that, talking about the state of, of, of black America today. I like to look at what Candace Owens was trying to talk about, but she didn't do it correctly at all. She misquoted the whole scenario. You look back in the 1920s, we had the black, everybody talks about Black Wall Street, but they don't really understand the significance of the economic trade that we had set up with Africa. We had our own commerce going back and forth from Black Wall Street to Africa, from Africa to Black Wall Street. We built our own schools. We had our own. Uh, 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 we, we, we had our own everything. Our own clothing stores. Own 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 grocery stores, and we were doing everything on our own. And we were way more successful in a lot of scenarios when the Great Depression was destroying white communities all around. These black communities were thriving. Why? Because our dollars wasn't with you. Our dollar stayed in our community, and, and, and it stayed that way. Whereas today, we have $1.3 trillion of spending power. That is the gross national product of a third world country. Think about that for a second. Now, out of that $1.3 trillion of spending power, if you break it down to $1, three cents out of every dollar we spend stays in the black community. And if I'm not mistaken, the statistic is that's there for like five seconds. Think about that for a minute. Let that sink in. That is the true state of black of black America today. If now there, there is a resurgence now where a lot of people are starting to buy black, a lot of people are starting to focus on supporting our own. We just have to keep that going because if we don't keep it going, then we're going to stay in this perpetual cycle of, of, of violence 
and 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 and, and asking somebody that has shown that they don't have your best interest at heart to help you. No, we have to get back to what we were doing back in the twenties, back in the thirties, and 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 and. and relying upon ourselves now to bring it all the way up to date with what mr ed was talking about when it comes to uh uh firearms and, and and our second amendment rights in this country don't get it twisted the people who bought the most firearms when the pandemic hit were black people per capita we were the ones that was in those gun stores buying guns left and right right and left so they now gun stores, though. That's the they want to. We uh, we definitely didn't own the gun stores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we have to own them, but we don't. We never go shop. I mean, but go right. ahead, finish. Go ahead, go ahead. So now, so now, this whole taxing that they're trying to do is pricing us out. Now, the reality of the situation was these some of the people that were trying to get us to vote for the for the Orange Power Ranger was telling us the truth when they were talking about this subject because it it, it was facts, but. That that wasn't gonna sway me at the Barnes Power Ranger had okay. to go. Okay, we and don't, and don't, and don't forget now, and on this tax step, it also means whatever gun, not not the future guns you're gonna buy, all the guns you own. So if you've got 50, 60 guns at home that you own, that's 200 times 50, which means you probably got to figure out now whether you're gonna pay that back tax temp or whether you give up all your weapons. So we're now, gonna come back to this. We're gonna go to commercial break. Um, for our Indie Spotlight. Uh, so we'll see you all back in a second after our commercial break. The Sankofa Paradox with Ed and Low Key will return in a minute right after our Indie Spotlight. Today's Indie Spotlight features new tracks from local artist Mac Moody, Detroit-born and Atlanta-based and part of Rough Dog Entertainment. You can check out his music videos on YouTube at Rough Dog INC. That's R-U-F-F-D-O-G-G-I-N-C on YouTube. Check out his music at ReverbNation.com slash Mac Moody, spelled M-A-C-K-M-O-O-D-Y. And you can check him out on Instagram at Mac underscore Moody. Again, that is M-A-C-K underscore M-O-O-D-Y Mac Moody. We'll be checking out two of his tracks right after our official intermission song, I'm in the Box by Lyrical Preachers. Stay tuned. It's for all my people in the boxes. You know, those who scared to step outside the comfort zone. This one's for you. Let go. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't want to come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't want to come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't want to come out. I'm a swagaholic. Swag. I got so much swag, I could make a swag profit. Gucci on my body, Gucci. Louis on my bag. Louis. You love this crappy music, so I gotta pop them cash out. Pork chop falling, falling. Call it balls hog. Oink. I get so much money, call it women, female dogs. When I'm in a club, all the people lose control. I'm crazy, and that's because I sold the music industry. My 
take my talent and put it in a box so I'll never make enough money to afford a pair of socks. No clothes. So here I am flexing cause I sacrificed my dignity and sealed away my vision just to make it in the industry. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. I sold my own mama for this fame. You I'm in me? a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. I'm in a box. And I don't wanna come out. Okay, okay, hold up, hold up. I really think I need to address this. Yep. It's funny what a person will do for a gold chain or a diamond necklace. Really? 70% of the time, it's not even about the money. They just want attention. And they're willing to sacrifice their integrity and originality for an honorable mention. Let me hit you with a question. Are you really that pressed for the fame? For the fame? That you're willing to limit your talents and gifts to skate your way into the game? To the game? That's a one-hit wonder. 15 minutes lost if your artistic focus. I mean, can you even imagine me dumbing down my rhyme just to get no day attention? Turn up, turn up, turn up. Turn up. All I do is turn up. I turn up so much I might as well eat a bag of turnips. Hey, you wanna know what's sad? What? I bet you like that line. Mm -hmm. It made no sense at all, but I bet you got crunk off that line. Yeah, you can have that. I'ma stay right here with my gift and my talent. If you really wanna make moves, you gotta step out the box and achieve that balance. Go left field, stand out, go against the grain to get free. Cause last time I checked, hopping on a bandwagon is not to find who you wanna be. Nah, bro, fuck that. I'm too scared to be myself. I'ma stay in my I'm box. in a box. If you're tired of fitting in, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. If you'd rather be yourself, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. If you don't want to be something you're not, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. And if you're ready to break the mold, let me hear you say I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. Providing your musical 
experience. I met this girl named Candy and man, she makes these other girls look like banshees. I kissed her on her handpiece, asked her, can we associate phone line convo? Dinner for real with no combos infatuated. Her beauty has captivated me, ready to say yes to whatever she say to me. Beautiful hair, beautiful smile, pretty feet. She's so cold, got a beauty mole on the left cheek. I love how she dress and yes, so how she smell. Got a high class vibe about her pretty as hell. Her Vicky lotion mixed with Chanel's the greatest smell. Baby, don't be afraid to unveil. I mean you will. Just trying to get to know you and know if you feeling me. Not trying to make a move, though I'm smooth as Billy D. I'm saying, honey, this is real. This is really me. Is my arms where you supposed to be? We should really see. Hey, baby, you are so fine. I just can't stop thinking where you're always on my mind. Hell, hell yeah, she could get commitment from a real player. Pair if I had to, had to get at her like, what's the deal? Trying to get to know you, have so much to chill, have so much appeal. Slightly make me want to touch and feel. Sexy, fully dressed, look professional, don't have too much reveal. Broken heart, I like to heal. Backside, I like to kill. Be trying to show me she got money to be like, I got the bill. Call me at least twice a day, always something nice to say. I'm feeling something, got me running all the rest of ice away. Gives her all, no half a ways, but also like to laugh and play. Hair and nails, be fly, be at the spot for like half a day. Never wanna lose her, never doubt and accuse her. Nothing I refuse her, love to please and amuse her. Moody got her now, so it's over for you losers. Haters out here catching hell trying to undo her. Baby, you are so fine. I just can't stop thinking where Like this on this earth, her woman's worth is priceless. Never had this feeling before, gotta fight this. So many swimming in the sea, is she the right fish? Trying to stop thinking about her, can't do it. Baby girls all on my mind like brain fluid. You know our attraction is real, there were no games to it. Had to check my neck to see if she stuck her fangs through it. Baby girl, I can't fight what's happening here. I ain't your last guy, mom, you don't have to fear. Come escape with me, change your atmosphere. Swimming in the beach where the water's clearer than apps. Appear. See, I appreciate a woman of your caliber. I'm what you need now, later for them amateurs. Baby, why you let them lame niggas damage your perception of a man? Shit, I can't even be mad at you. Hey, baby, you are so fine. I just can't stop thinking where you're always on my mind.
Lord have mercy like the hospital mama first fed me Eyes wide open cause them haters trying to dare me Trying to keep my stare steady Though my chosen path is deadly Over 25 and alive that's beating eyes already My gun is getting lighter but my heart is dark and heavy Go to sleep when the sun rises Exhausted all sweaty Trying to get that long paper tied of counting up confetti Argue with the voices in my head cause they be acting petty There's another me inside of me that's telling me I'm ready Beings like me have never been seen, I'm a Yeti Almost told the devil I'm ready, but God said hold steady Trying to maintain mental hunger pains in my belly Cush blunts, Adderall, blue Doritos and the Pepsi Now I'm ready for this beat, like a sandwich from a deli When I blow up, you ain't with me already Then leave my celly, life will fuck you over good Without checking in the telly I don't wanna lose Been through a lot, the hardest thing for me is trust Conversations with myself, just me and us And only I can know what we discuss I'm a frequent diver in the sea of lust And with life changing speed, I just readjust To make it with this music, for me's a must Staring in the mirror, yelling, who the fuck is seeing us? I don't sleep at night, too many bad dreams Begging for my interest in heaven, did me any bad things Married to the money, went and bad cash dream I'm always on the go for that cream I once took a loss like a boss Niggas ran up with them things So I paid my connected, I retired from the game It's kinda hard to tame the beast within my brain Got a vision, but it's hard to put this picture in the frame I don't wanna lose myself in these streets
Welcome back ATL to the St. Kofa Paradox. We've been hitting you over the head pretty hard this last hour, some change. We wanted to give you a little break real quick. Hope you enjoyed the uh, Indie Artist Spotlight for the week. We'll be playing that artist music on the on the uh, radio station all this week until next Sunday. If, if you do have your talent, uh, if you're a spoken word person, if you sing, if you have a business, uh, whatever it is you do, if you got 28 to 32 bars of that hot fire that you spit, we want you to go ahead and send that to ATL Underground MSC at gmail.com so we can give you a little bit of fame and a shout out. Especially uh, at minority owned, uh, black owned, whatever businesses, send us your information so we can give you a shout out uh, during the show. Uh, all of you artists out there doing your things, send us, send us your stuff to that. Email address so we can so we can make you famous for a little bit. Uh, we back on the show. We're gonna roll it back. Uh, we're gonna roll it back to Dr. Funkenstein to finish up his last thought and to give us a, uh, a final thought. And we're gonna close out. So, uh, Dr. Funkenstein, it's it's on you. So basically, let's let's not get it twisted. The people that were really out buying guns when the pandemic hit. The greatest number were African, but those are the African-American community. Those are the Latino community. So this, this new law that's gonna basically try to price us out, try to price people out, it's really targeted at pricing us out. So we have to be mindful of that. We have to make sure we hold our elected officials accountable and let them know the Second Amendment right is there for a reason. It's not just there for the rich. It's not just there for the middle class. It's not there for the poor. It's there for the whole entire United States. And it literally says in the wording, shall not be infringed upon, period. And my final thought is this. Time for talk is over with. We must protest like Martin, demand like Malcolm, lead like Harriet, resist like Ashada, fight like Toussaint, sing like Nina, Rap and write like Gil, and aggregate like Douglas, organize like Garvey, and build like Black Wall Street. I think Dr. Funkenstein said it all. We have a lot of problems. We need more solutions. Without the solutions, the problems will still exist, and people will still be in the same state of situation that they are in. We can't allow the dynamics of society to tell us who we are. We must begin to show who we are through our works. And the reason I said it is, we have a lot of achievements in this world. We have your LeBron, your Arthur Ashe, your Michael Jordan, your Michael Jackson, your Prince. You got your Mae Jamesons, your Dorothy Heights, your Frederick Douglass, your, your Booker T. Washingtons, your Garrett Morgans, your Elijah, McCoy's, you have these people, you have them. They have shown us what we can do. You have shown us what we can do. This election has shown us how powerful that we could be if we come together, be together and support one another. If we do that, then I believe solutions will come. That's, uh, I ain't gonna lie, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, he's over here behind me. That was on point. That's gonna be hard to follow. But uh, my final thought for the evening, and we, we still have an election. Uh, we still got election work we need to do. 
Don't forget about when your early voting uh, comes up. I think early voting is Monday, uh, December fourteenth. Yeah, December fourteenth. We still have uh, an election we need to worry about. So final thought is about partly about getting out and going to vote. The work is not done. We just one more game. We got one more election to handle. Let's go ahead and, and, and make Georgia all the way blue. Uh, other part of my final thought is on the show we were talking about the state of black america the sequel which means people we we, we got four years we did what we had to do getting trump out of office okay we accomplished that goal but we're behind because we need to mobilize we need to get together we need to put down and put aside our selfish differences we need to stop worrying about who's got the spotlight who's got the most of this who's got the most of that and just come together and make ourselves finally a political power in this country. Do not waste the, because trying to do what we need to do under the Trump administration would be sticking your hand in a, in a pit of vipers. I think we could move better in a Biden administration as far as mobilizing, mobilizing, coming together. We need to be a political force in this country which politicians have to come and, and, and seek approval from. That's what we need to be. We need to be a group of people in this country, however many groups, under the same premise, under the same umbrella, under the same banner that says black political power. Black political power that comes along with moving the dollar, uh, trade, commerce, whatever. We need to be a force which politics has to seek out the approval from and seek out the support of which gives us a better foothold in this country. That's what we need to be doing. Realizing the power of our dollar, realizing the power of our vote, realizing the power of coming together uh, in, instead of what I say we were always doing, which is scrounging for crumbs from the table. We need to definitely get away from that. But we're going to check out. DJ Nelock is going to take us out. Be good to each other. Say some prayers out there for yourself or for somebody else. Uh, remember how far we've come and how far we've got to go, and we'll see y'all on the next Sankofa Paradox. Next Sunday, we'll see you. DJ Nelock, take us out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Size. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sankofa Paradox with Ed D and Low Key on ATL Underground Radio. We are live every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with a playback of today's episode available Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend and check us out at MajorSmartENTLLC.com. You can also download the free app on Google Play and the Apple Store by typing in ATL Underground in the search bar. Got a topic you'd like to hear us touch on? Shoot us an email at majorsmartent at gmail.com with your suggestions. Catch you on the flip side, and we'll see you next Sunday.